I'm on the edge of my seat because fighting is, I mean, this is verbal tap. Fighting is easier from outside the cage. It's also a lot more entertaining because when you don't have to worry about getting punched, you can enjoy some of the greatest bands in history. Sure. Maybe there's some questionable things about some sunglasses and some, no. maybe somebody all got a little upload they didn't want. You were at U2, Rap. I'm your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Rap, who was with U2. Yes. How was it? I mean, go. So good. So good. I don't good. care how okay. you are. I care how it was. Um, It was amazing. They played the entire Joshua Tree album, and that's uh, one of the best albums of all time. And, and I hear some of you. Some of you are like, I don't like you two, because that's what people do. When you say you went to go see a concert, people feel the need to be like, I don't like you two. And it's like, that's not part of the story. That's not part of the conversation. The conversation is, I went to go see a band. So what, what do you get mean through you the next like two minutes you and two. shut up. Like, Some you, people don't like them. No, come on. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. You don't listen to that song while you're riding down a highway and think, eh, this is okay. I mean, I'm well, just, I love it. I love the song. I'm just saying, how do you hate Some people will say They don't suck. Go, I don't They're like not a terrible band. And then they'll okay. go, oh, except, you know, that one Batman song. That one's pretty good. I like that. Okay. And they go, uh-huh. <laughs> and then, like, they're literally giving you reasons why they do like them. So whether you don't like Bono and his crusade to save the world, which sometimes Prick. I understand. Self-satisfying. Whatever. Is- biodegradable jacket i don't know what it sometimes is. you don't like their earnest honesty but i swear to god if you come at me and you tell me you like coldplay then fuck off because <laughs> if you don't like you too but you like coldplay you like diet you too so anyway i know there's a lot of people too who are like oh man i like the heavy stuff well shut the fuck up give me five minutes to talk about you too i had a wonderful time my good friend austin stack <laughs> who you know very well <laughs> yes why are you la- What's the matter, Kevin? Are you jealous of Austin? What's happening here? <laughs> no, I was laughing at the heavy stack comment. I was just thinking, I was like, no way metal fans know you were specifically talking about them. And then they were thinking about it, and it all occurred to us at the same time. Yes. So we. How's uh, Austin? He's, he's married good. now. He is married now, so life is different for him. Uh, the most beneficial thing to me was I looked at him and I go, Have you had time to recover from the wedding? And he's like, oh, yeah, goddamn, it was so much work. And I was like, yeah, dude, I know, man. But he's in good spirits, and he loves U2 as much as I do. And I've seen them no less than ten times in concert. And, again, if you don't like them, I don't care. But How you are should they in know, concert? They seem like they'd step up their game. They've got showmanship. They are a great live band. And I'll tell you this much. Even the most, like, reserved of people... Who are like, mm, I guess, whatever. Pride in the name of love is okay. Yeah. But the minute they hit a song like I Will Follow, the whole crowd turns into like, oh my god! And it's a 40 fucking year old song. And it's still yeah. amazing. So here are some notes that I have for you, Kevin. I'll start with the most obvious, which is they had somebody open up for them called the Lumineers. Are you familiar with these people? Hey ho! Yes. Mm, yes. They look like the band that was charged with writing the Surrender song during the Civil War. <laughs> what do you mean they look like that? They how do you, just, how do they you have look a, like that? They just do. And they all come in wearing hats that you know you hate <laughs> them by. Just because they're the freaking hats that you see hipsters wear 
and you know you're off to a bad start. One I, of my I like friends, the Lumineers. I don't dislike the Lumineers. And what a great amuse-bouche to you, too. Well, I think they brought them on because they said, well, if you don't like them, they're only going to make us look better by comparison, which is shrewd move. That's how you know you 2 is sign uh, of a smart headliner. Exactly. You, know, you want to be careful. If you're Dane Cook, you don't want to bring in Pete Davidson. That's not going to go well for you. <laughs> but one of my friends said, I was with them and I didn't really care. <laughs> I was with them. I didn't really care. Until I saw one of the guys was barefoot on the stage. And then I was like, nope, gross, can't do it. And I said, uh, okay. have our reasons. Now, I don't really care one way or another about them, but I was getting through it. Which but member of the I band was it? That had the... What's that? Which member of the band is rocking shoeless? I think it was the drummer. It Fuck. definitely wasn't the dude who I thought was Woody Harrelson playing a prank on all of us. But <laughs> here's what you need to know. And this is why this is an important reason I am spending time on a mixed martial arts podcast to talk about a fucking civil war band. They did this. At the end, they looked out in the Rose Bowl, which can fill thousands of people in there. And they go, oh, man, I've never seen that many people in the audience. Thank you, guys. This is our last song. Can we get you guys to stand up? And so they sing their song. Nice and I'm looking around. I'm like, well, why are we standing up? You know? And then they close. They go, okay, thanks, everybody. Good night. And I go, what? Now, I'm on the floor, so I was already standing. But I look up in the crowd, and I look up at the audience. And they're all standing like idiots. And I go, why is the crowd standing up? And they go, well, they asked them to. And I go, was there any choreography I was supposed to know? Are we supposed to, like, jump up and do something here? Like some calisthenics? And they go, no, they just sang their song. And I was like, wait a minute, are you telling me this guy called for a standing ovation for himself and then was like, good night, everybody. And I was like, I don't get to do that. I want to do that in my fucking comedy shows. Hey, everybody, it's been a great night. It's my last joke. Before I finish the joke. <laughs> Every, everyone. Everybody just... stands up and I go, okay, thank you guys very much. Uh, tip your waitress. Good night. <laughs> I agree. That's uh, that's funny. So I went from hating them, <laughs> or being indifferent to like, to eh, I kind of hate the them. So then at the very end, going, I respect the way they play the game. Mm-hmm. So then we get to you two, and I'm in general admission. I'm on the floor, and everything's going fine. But Kevin, this is the worst. Like the the general admission floor is really where you have uh, the wild wild west of rules because everybody just goes nuts. And does whatever they want to do. So as the people are walking around, you know how when you're in a, like a, a really good place and people just start like cutting in front of you? Yes. There are some people who start coming up with better ideas because you have to innovate. So it's kind of like when you're on a ride at an amusement park and you're waiting. And then all of a sudden somebody comes up and they're like, oh, my God, my dad's up there. Can I go? Thank you so much. I'm so happy. I, I really appreciate that. <laughs> So instead of asking like normal folk, people just pretend like they have people who are further up than us. But none more so than two blondes, one leading the other one, who has a cell phone in her ear and is just like, oh, my God, where are you? You're further up. Okay, I am going to keep walking to you because you are further up near like right near the stage. Okay, I'll go right there. Like, her friend clearly didn't get the memo. So she's like, where are we going? And she's like, we have to go further up. And she's like, oh, my God, it's so far. (laughs) 
So I have to watch that go in front of me. And I'm like, just at a certain point, I just go two things. One, just go in front of me because I don't want you anywhere near me. And number two, if I can be so bold, ma'am, I can see the app you're using. You're not on your fucking phone. At least have the decency to pretend to call the time. (laughs) Or something. Or something. And that's when Sunday, Bloody Sunday comes on. You're just like, God damn it. Here we go. But I have to say, uh, you know, (laughs) at the very end of the concert, there was a Latina. And it's like maybe, you know, a half song before the whole concert's going to be over. And this Latina tries to do the exact same thing. But just without her phone. So she comes up to, like, the guy who I'm standing right next to, and she goes, oh, my God, like, you are not going to believe me. Which, truth. But, like, I was up there. I'm back here now. And we go, "Uh mm-hmm. And at this point, the cluster's almost over. So I want to be like, you know, if you wait, like, five minutes, you'll be up at the front row. Because the lights will be on. Bono's going to be backstage with the boys drinking a whole bunch but yeah, yeah, and she's just like, oh, so you're saying that, like, wait for the end of this song? And I'm like, mm-hmm, yep, <laughs> yep, just, uh, just you wait. So I was, uh, I was just impressed. My hope is that she's at every concert you're at for the next five years. You guys have the exact same taste in music. I, listen, I didn't know that woman, but I know her. I grew up with people like her. For years, where it's like, oh my god, I'm so happy. I love Los Bajo, and I love Las Edge. <laughs> uh, so, best moment of you two? What's the best moment? Um, there are a lot, but when they played, I will follow. They did this fake out, okay. Kev. And okay. If we're talking about endings, this is, and I'll Ooh. give it away. Oh, they're, they're plot it. twisters. They would be. They would mess with your emotions during the show. Because I believe they're supposed to have two encores, but instead they just did one long one because I think uh, Pasadena rules, or I don't know exactly their deal, but I've seen them do a million freaking encores in my life. But I at the very. You can do more than one. I you can do two to three. I've seen, and Bruce Springsteen does like nine encores. Bruce Springsteen will just sometimes like totally fuck with you and be like, good night, <laughs> you fuckers, I'll be right back in two minutes. <laughs> So everybody has their own thing, but you two did this thing where they they finish and they do a a big ballad by the name of Bad, which is an amazing song, and it's a great closing song. And then they, like, go, good night, everybody. And then Adam looks over at Bono, whispers something, and he's just kind of, and Bono's like, he shakes his head like, oh, yeah. And they go pick up their instruments again, and everybody's like, no, what? And I go, I can't tell if, they're just doing showmanship and playing it up or if they forgot. But then I looked at Bono and I go, it kind of looks like just forgot. Like, it looked like a Kevin moment of Kevin going like, all right, good night, everybody. And then me going, Kev, we haven't even gotten to the guest yet. We don't close up. <laughs> well, make no mistake. If uh, I'm ever, like, doing a comedy show, Raph will be producing it. And it's like walking off the stage like 10 minutes in. It's like you haven't even gotten close to halfway through. It's like, I'm just going to come back. I'll be right back. And Bono's got a lot going on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's got to go save the world again. So, like, guys, no so problem. So, possibly he was, like, listening into one ear. So, <laughs> yeah. And that's going to do it for us today here at Verbal Tap. Uh, I'm Kevin. Kevin. No. <laughs> you guys. No, we haven't gotten to the guest yet. You know it. Oh, my bad. Sorry. Shit. Okay. Well, let's keep podcasting.
Yeah, uh, you two gets 10 minutes up front. That's a lot from us. That's yeah. respect. That's respect for the tours, for the dates, for the albums. Yep. Wanted and unwanted. Uh, that was just a small jab. We're going to rapid fire topics after this. Yes. We're going to go back and forth. We're going to hit some grappling nerdiness. But don't worry. We're going to explain for you MMA fans because this is interesting and involves a blindfold. Ooh. Uh, we're going to talk about upcoming fights. Raph's going to try and fill me in on some things. There's no telling what takes. Uh, a few of our favorite ripped fighters have been up to some fun stuff. So we're going to ping pong back and forth. We're going to lead off. Raph, I even got the name Verbal Tap in the intro from Kevin Allison at Risk Podcast, where we were nice. at the Bluebird Theater last night. I had a fun thing happen to me on Saturday. We had some friends that were going to come, and I got a text that was like, hey, do you know, are they like selling tickets at the door? I said, I do not know. I assume they were selling all the tickets online. It had sold out. It had actually sold out as of Thursday night. Wow. They jam-packed 350 people into the Bluebird. He does a fun upfront. I did a story about the oral sex workshop I attended. Mm. Which, you know, is really just MMA with your mouth. If It's a good, good grappling. I'll work on that. Cause that well, there's uh, the 30-second teaser good. for the show this week. <laughs> let's not let's not use anything where I said your mouth. And, and uh, it's, it's, a fun, it's a fun show. I had a blast doing it. Great lighting. The band <laughs> Complex Carbohydrates brings you on. So good times. I did feature on the last one. We'll see what happens. They mm. don't really tell me, so it could be <laughs> a, two months. It could come out, it could out a year. I don't know. Yeah. Mm. That's the beauty of show business. I was telling you, too, they also went from, like, they had sent me an email in early May. It was like, hey, you know, just keep this. Are you available? They were being really nice about the story. They were like, mm-hmm. we're definitely going to bring you in. From a story I had sent four years ago in D.C., three, four years ago. And all of a sudden, it was, uh, hey, you're on. And as I'm traveling to Kansas, could you send a headshot, your biography, a snippet of the story, and like 15 releases and uh, six other questions? It was like, oh, shit. I'm going to be fine. <laughs> but I made it up there, got on the stage, still remember how to do that. going to be doing that some more coming up. Fun time. So verbal tap. Shout it out on the Risk Podcast. Now, you asked me what was my favorite part of you, too. What was your favorite part of being on stage? I don't normally get told to do more time, right? In show business, it's very rarely, especially show business, so not what I was doing. Especially stand-up comedy open mics. It's like, hey, solid five, and let's keep it tight, right? Even a storytelling event. This is one of the few that they say, you know, do 15. So I got to go into some more details. The following line landed. When explaining mm-hmm. technique of how to um, bring a woman I- into a place where she might be interested in orgasming. And it was the instructor, Lisa, who is a lesbian. She said that up front. It's part of her credentials. It's a great attention-getting device. Uh, she full-on said, imagine every woman is a Subaru in the cold. You, know, you never know how long it's going to take to warm them up. And as a Midwesterner, that made a lot of sense to me because sometimes it would take fucking 30 minutes 
to get that car started. So it was a good lesson in patience, and that line landed. That was my favorite part, ref. I just, uh, as a non-Midwesterner, um, you just move to a different state. Just to <laughs> let you know. I know it kills the metaphor, but it's the smarter version. <laughs> yes. Raf did move back to L.A. No longer a problem for him. Everybody uh, kept being like, oh, my God, or how are you going to adjust back to L.A.? And I was like, very quickly. It'll take two. I've never adjusted to Illinois or Kentucky. What are you talking about? It's going to take eight seconds. I'm going to get back in L.A. and I'm going to breathe deep. <laughs> I loved what people kept asking. They're like, when are you going to change your driver's license? And I was like, nope. Nope. Raph, I know where I belong. Part of our topic fire, Gordon Ryan might be injured. I say Ooh. might because okay. we found out about this through, first of all, journalism sites. It's a little thing called two sources. Double confirmation. You need to find out from more than one place. And that one place shouldn't have been a John Danaher Facebook post. But that's what we're talking about, where he is getting on the phone with what appears to be a small service chimp that looks like Gary Tonin, headed to go fight someone named Shinya Yoki, which, again, sounds like an alcohol, as I told you beforehand, but says Gordon might be injured in a freak weightlifting accident. Of course, I assume he attached the thing that goes around your neck to his cock and made a huge mistake. Raf, what do you think happened? Okay, now this has you covered all the bases. Good job, Kevin. My thing was when I read it, you know, we're still really reeling over this whole loss of Charlie Murphy. Sure. So I read it as this super freak accident. <laughs> and then the song started playing in my head. And then I just You're kept completely thinking, completely like, distracted. Yeah, it really it, it threw me off and I didn't read it just because I went on dancing in the kitchen at this point. Because here's what happened. I go down the wormhole and I go, okay, um, Alexa, play Super Freak by Rick James, bitch. <laughs> and Alexa's like, you're now playing? I'm Rick James, bitch. No, Alexa, not the bit, the, the song, the real Rick James. Now playing Rick James. Mary Jane Girls. No, not his side projects, Alexa. God damn it. Just give me Super Freak playing Rick James, Super Freak. Thank you. Thank you for letting me be myself. No, not Sly and the Family Stone. God damn it, Alexa. So Why is this playing. a conversation, Alexa? I said I said all I needed to say. <laughs> Alexa, I said you're a little too clingy right now, okay? <laughs> so when they started playing Super Freak, then you get down the wormhole. And there's this one great moment in that song where he wants a saxophone solo. And he goes, blow daddy. And when he screams it like that, it just sounds like how did we not know he was on all of the cocaine? Because that sounds exactly like somebody would scream uh, when they're on cocaine. Anyway, back to Gordon. I think we did. But So when I saw the thing, I was like, well, I don't know why he's read this article, and they don't know why he's injured. So I thought it was an appropriate time to put it to our wonderful listeners and our friends to see if they could come up with ideas. Would you like to read a couple with me, Kevin? I would, actually. Yeah, okay. Sounds fun. Let, me, let me go ahead and read one of them. And then we'll have some discussion, and then we'll have you read the next one. Okay? Okay. I think I found it, so okay. I'm ready. Excellent. Uh, the first one is from our pal Drew Weatherhead, otherwise known as Because Jitsu. He said he tried to set a personal record for shoulder press, but forgot to take into account the crushing weight of everyone's expectations. Oh, it's deep up in Canada, I guess. Today. Too real. 
Too real, Drew. <laughs> Drew. She was like, what? What Was that Was that aggressive? He's emotionally available. He can't help it. I feel like Drew's the person who, when you play, like, games at a house with him, like a board game or something, and you get to, like, win, lose, or draw, he just gives you, like, a meme. Yeah. Like, Drew, you can't, <laughs> can't hand in a meme. And he's just like, no, I, I made this meme just for you. And it's like, oh, my God, no. Ugh, why? And, it, and it's like, you're a tool bag. And then it's just a Care Bear that says, <laughs> I love you as a meme. It's like, fuck, Drew. <laughs> it's uh, just him with the hang in there, cat. The next one from Mike McEvoy. Went down to tie his shoe after deadlifts, got confused, and heel hooked himself. <laughs> Which is very good. From Mike. I'm going to give out Mike's snaps. Oh, as so did Wes Hartley, who just put ha ha ha. And I'm I'm with Wes. That's good stuff. Everybody you know what? I, I just liked Wes's comment, but I'm going to put a heart next to it. I didn't even put a heart on E-Heel himself. <laughs> Anybody who just writes ha 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 ha. I just like that he got disoriented. It was like, what was I doing? Oh! <laughs> Um, Tyler Basinger said he pulled an ab muscle after flexing hard for selfies. Most likely, by the way, Tyler, Tyler gets points for being probably the most accurate. I'd say if you see the mirror pictures, it's like, okay, (laughs) that's almost definitely what happened. Now, Kevin, the next one goes back to my personal page where people chimed in with some. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> so on that one uh let's see somebody put because i was like all right what do you guys think happened here and we left it up to to the people and the people were confused still kevin if if you could actually believe any part of this but um andrew shaw who's an active listener of ours said uh slip while trying to get his crown to sit at the perfect angle on his head for a selfie so. And what a freak accident. It's like doing pelvic thrusts, pull the butt cheek. Absolutely. Glenn Prince wrote, I would respond, but I'm distracted by his abs and the woman who is seemingly staring at his junk. <laughs> Glenn it's has no Jersey. idea, by the way. Let's, let's be very clear. Glenn is a gay dude who teaches academics for a living, has no idea Jewish. about jujitsu. But is very excited to, like, on occasion chime in and just be like, yo, this dude is awesome. And I'm like, oh, Glenn. Thank you. Glenn, Glenn. <laughs> Thank you, Glenn. Uh, Todd Schaefer chimed in on our Instagram, said, freak thigh abductor machine accident. Ooh, I like it. Because I don't know what that means. First adductor? Abductor. Not sure. Well, what an awesome spinoff. The abductor? It's uh, it's like a serial killer thing. And then Brian of the Jungle said, Nikki was spotting Gordon, but staring at Nathalina Salinas. Or Nathalina <laughs> Toro BJJ. So, I mean, guys, I don't know what to tell you other than those are some credible ideas. Kevin, do you have any idea what happened there? Like, what is the freak injury? It's probably something like a pectoral muscle, but okay. I hope... I hope it's something like dropped a barbell on his big toe, like something sort of he did it. I just want it to be on on him, but not serious. Okay. Strained calf because he tripped 
I don't know. Got too much grip. Shower Can injury. Conspiracy theory. I have one here, Kev. Shower injury is is up there. Go ahead. That's a good one. Um, and I really need you guys to to take the journey with me on this, okay? I think everybody's willing. All right. I think he got his arm stuck in a vending machine. He was so hungry. What's the plot line? Well, I feel like he was trying to get an energy bar, and it just didn't pop out. And then he thought he could use his massive muscles to, like, shake the giant machine, but then and found that, like, much like jiu-jitsu, it's not always going to be a determination of getting the 100 grand bar I, out of it. I just thought for sure it was going to be one of those situations where Danaher appears on his right shoulder in a little angel outfit. It's like, you can do it. It's leverage. Just get that arm in there. And then Danaher appears on his other shoulder as the devil. It's like, I concur. He just does it. No, it's Gary on the other shoulder being like, Nah, Gordon, yee. use your cock. Just use your That's all you have to do. Use your like, body. God, <laughs> don't. God, devil, Gary Tonin, you get out of here. <laughs> so if you guys give us some good enough explanations throughout the week that aren't selfie-based, we may read them. So there's that. Uh, speaking of Gary, what's he doing next week? Fighting Shinya Aoki. Yeah, I love that DJ. It's one of my favorite DJs of all time. He's not a DJ, MMA fighter. Fought Kron, as you pointed out, which is still a little bit of a deep wound for Gary, who was telling you to get over that five guys is better than in and out, and you just put hashtag Kron, which is very <laughs> mean. <laughs> I have to be very honest, Kevin. That's the For those who don't know, it's knowledge. funny because Kron beat him and he keeps calling him out. It's like, uh, it happened. <laughs> Get Gary over Tone. it. He's just saying, like, <laughs> you guys need to stop being pansies. Somebody already said it. And I go, Kron. <laughs> I <just> go, yep, <laughs> all right. And Gary's not responding. So he's now probably flying somewhere on his way to Asia. And I don't care what he has to say. But he's stupid in believing that Five it. Guys is better than in and out Now, I know some of you listen to this regionally. We, we see where you guys tune in from. We feel that most of you are enlightened folk. Like our good friend Terry and Flashware is trying to start an argument with me. And he's like, you guys are wrong. in and out is garbage. And I'm like, well, Terry, that's why the UFC isn't calling you. Oh. So don't come at me. And that's, not even, that's the third meanest joke I've done this week. Would you like <laughs> to know the first, Kevin? Yep. Okay. So uh, the people over at Math Therapy, the girls, they have a Wonder Woman rash guard. Okay? Awesome. You can go find it, maththerapylife.com or whatever. So they have a Wonder Woman rash guard, which I endorse, but I don't endorse them. But they took a selfie, and I was like, look at these idiots taking a selfie on my phone when I asked them to take a photo. They can't even do that right. That's how bad of a podcast they are. They get nothing right. But – when I put that up, do you ever notice that when we put stuff on Instagram, there's a bot that will like automatically chime in and they're referred to as dream elegance, which I guess is some sort of weird. Uh, they're like the break point of uh, apparel for outside stuff. But every time dream elegance comments on something, they go, hey, you look like a great person. We would love it if you would be rad enough to be. Uh, sponsor, you want to be endorsed by us? You want to be like a representative? Just hit us up in the DMs. 
and will totally be rad and awesome. And they do this every fucking time. Our good friend Dan Hubler always reports them. But in this particular day, the math therapy girls thought it would be funny to try and be like, oh, you endorse us. You endorse our podcast. And I was like, oh, yeah. Hey, Dream Elegance 16. The math therapy girls would love to be repped by you. And I used the like you, not the letter, like the actual word (laughs) you, because that's how they respond. They totally want to slide into your DMs because they can use all the help they can get for sponsorship because they barely exist as a podcast. Boom. That's the meanest joke I've <laughs> Well, as we continue on to meanest jokes, Rory McDonald wins in the same week he explains he's making less money, which was sort of a funny, like, hey, I'm not making as much endorsements as I did at the UFC. It's like, waha. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry about that. But he wins. Look at Rory coming back in Canadian style. I'm excited. Good for him, dude. I, I'm glad. It was interesting to see that it was going to be a submission. So it looks like the guys over in the East Coast are, are teaching him well. And up in the Canada, it looks like he's doing very good things. So we're very excited for him. I guess this means something in Bellator. I don't know what it means. But I, I will say this because somebody was mad that we put it up. Or at least somebody put up like, hey, thanks for going ahead and putting up the result a day before it airs on Spike. That's not my fault. Don't come at me for that. Listen, I saw that article. It ruined the element of surprise for me, too. But you know what? No one gives a fuck. That's Bellator's bad. If Bellator was on their shit, they wouldn't give you a time delay. And a full day? What are you going to do? Not read the internet for a full day for the results for Bellator? No. 100% of the people that commented did not watch Bellator live. You know they did not. There's just no question in my mind. I have nothing that I know about this human being other than I think they were trying to say it in like a condescending way, and I just took it as a compliment. So I just said thank you. Okay, <laughs> what this, about next, my... this next topic you kind of blew my mind with. Yeah. Romero and Whitaker might be fighting for the interim title. Why not? Well, why? Is Bisping out? How old is Bisping? Can't spend that much time out. Oh, oh, but he can. And why would Bisping take the time out, Kevin? Uh, He has a strong case of wanting to skip the uh, gay UELs. He has no interest. He came on our show, gave us the exclusive, said that he was going to go ahead and take some time off, right? And that he would clear a schedule, and the moment his schedule would avail itself in October as one does when they are organized and have a pocket calendar, Kevin and fighting Gordon Ryan. Absolutely. And Nikki Ryan and mm-hmm. all the leg lock specialists GSP can find. So GSP gave him a date and then it became, well, eh, you know, in true Bisping way. Well, yeah, you know, I've been thinking about, it, and I don't even want to fight. So I'll go wait for GSP now. And you go, Oh, why did you say like you were trying to push GSP and then he was a bitch and trying to prolong it. But then all of a sudden your knee hurts now. <laughs> but is that just because they said and, you know, the cue ball, Dana White says he's going to fucking fight Yoel Romero now and go for day. <laughs> Jesus, he's out. <laughs> and then Yoel Romero posts this weird fucking video of him being oh. like, oh, man, I didn't give a guy. And I do it. And he still has like his mouthpiece in. 
And this video goes on Can for I one describe minute. it? Please do, because you're the Yoel Romero translator. I, on I would show. describe it as very homoerotic religious advocacy. It's like, what's, what's the gayest and simultaneously most confusingly <laughs> potentially Christian thing you can think of? It's like, okay, off the top of my head, someone with a mouthpiece on, lubed up and ripped with a known history of steroids in a pretty, like, revealing situation. Like, the guy didn't have big shorts on. He had, like, uh, wrestler tights on. Josh Barnett approved without quite the same physique as Josh Barnett. (laughs) Just hitting his chest and screaming what felt very sexual to me um that's that's my take on it it got weird it It got weird (laughs) he was is that sweat baby oil or some combination of the two rap listen i'm not investigating and i'm not giving a sample to usada i just know what i saw (laughs) i gave my request and thought well (laughs) This is about as surreal as it gets in the sport. Gotta get so this Bisbee on came down with the case of <sighs> with his knee. Now, somebody on our Facebook said, you know, to be fair, Bisping has been on his podcast and has been saying that he's been facing some knee injuries. So he did let people know ahead of time. And you know what I said to that person, Kevin? On his podcast? <laughs> it, yeah, wow. it, it was a big revelation that he has a podcast. I mostly just ignore what he does. But you know what I said <laughs> to that person who responded, Kevin? What? You lost me at To Be Fair. Bisping yeah, does not deserve To Be Fair. Bisping's running his own mouth, and then all of a sudden is just like, ooh, my knee. And then somebody did the Family Guy meme, and I thought it was great. And I, I have like- to say... It's not like Bisping's fighting every three months, by the way. He's fought twice in two years. Like The guy's taking his sweet time. And I'll say this to you meme makers out there. I saw somebody do it first. And I'm not saying that everybody isn't going to have the same idea. But I'm pretty sure that visible person, and they know who they are, they did it after seeing somebody else put up the Family Guy meme. So as somebody who regularly walks out there, and and surveys and police is the memes. I just want to say, don't be a dick. That's a really good meme. So, you know who you are. Anyway, that's what I have for that one. But Kev, it, it, with all of this going on, you know, the narrative was two weeks ago, GSP is ridiculous for taking six months to clear a schedule to find the time to go ahead and fight somebody. And then... We have Bisping come in and go, oh, my knee, no. And then we have Yoel Romero, who is spouting off some homoerotic gay Jesus nonsense. Do me. Do me. (laughs) And by the end of it, I thought of it and I go, am I rooting for Whitaker? And do I want the interim title? Because I know some of you listening right now, I know before you even respond and don't give us this shit. When you guys are talking about like, I hate interim titles. We do too. Yeah, we're not. Big it's fans. just a way of life that they're doing. And yes, they're giving away too many. And yes, I understand the UFC's plight of making fighters fight. Oh, no. But None of like, us like the flu shot either. But we've all agreed to it. If we live in wintry states, we're going to do it. You know, what? there's going to be an anti-vaxxer movement. That's going to be the anti-interim title movement. And I, I await to see you guys form an alliance. You're going to have a lot more ground to stand on already. 
He was at his... But I thought one way to go ahead and, and, and indulge those people is I was like, ooh, yes, give me some more of those sweet, sweet, irrelevant interim titles. Mm, can't get it. <laughs> it is an awful, stupid. Never mind. It's great. We yeah. love it. Oh, it's, can't get well, enough of it. I'm excited to take this uh, verbal tap 50 Shades Darker. No. I thought Daniel... we already did that video well. <laughs> that was just that was just honesty. That's what he looked like. I don't know if he knows <laughs> it, but it's like, yeah, we get it. You're good for gay Jesus. <laughs> Kevin, all I wanted is, and I, I feel this is a missed opportunity. We should have had that sound bite in the background ready to just get played at any given time of him just being like, <laughs> Oh god, I can go I'm ready for you to do some meme work like you did with Eddie. That's uh, something to like the village people who are doing as a hit movement. Uh, we'll talk about it off air. <laughs> we're just we're getting into production studios. I want to talk about Daniel O'Brien's blindfold. Okay, fought at a grappling tournament. Daniel O'Brien, household jujitsu name. We're talking about a grappler at a grappling tournament. He is known to try some sort of unorthodox methods in terms of how he practices jiu-jitsu, how he develops routines, things about it. One of the things I guess he's decided to try is putting a blindfold on and grappling humans in a competitive fashion. It work, work, didn't. Raph, I'm going to ask preliminarily, have you seen anything like this before? A grappler voluntarily putting on a blindfold. I don't I don't know where to start here. Um okay, hold on. Let me think. Daniel O'Brien, EBI vet, very good. His defensive skills are top notch. I don't know that I understand why he did it. I just know that I saw it happening. So my first instinct was why is he David Blaining? <laughs> Because, sure, David Blaine has all this wonderful talent for magic and illusions and all of that sort of stuff. But you never know why he's in a box. He's just like, I'm going to live in a box for a month. And you go, you don't have to do that. He's just like, but I'm going to do it. And you're like, well, David Blaine, you can live a life. Like, we're not asking you to stay in the box. I'm already in the box. (laughs) You wait. I'm going to live here. So that was my my first concept with uh, Daniel Bryan. So I can't speak for him and say I know why he's doing what he's doing. But it was intriguing. So our good friend, Brandon McCatherine, said that he was white girl fanning out for him. Like Uh-oh. he's screaming like a white girl. And I said, but you are white. And he responded, but a girl. And I was like, mm, debatable. So when we get to this part, I know that he's a big fan. And I would love to speak more with Daniel O'Brien on this or even Brandon. And it is interesting to have that sense about him that he could feel it's an awareness that I think is a very cool party trick. I just feel like I don't know why we need to see it in the competition realm. And I'm not going to tell somebody how to compete. That's not my place. I'm just confused by it. So that was my first takeaway. What was yours? I okay. For, I the the third guy did exactly what I was thinking. It's like if someone puts a motherfucking blindfold on, I am 100% taking that opportunity to try and Imanari roll, shoot a triangle. I understand the odds are still shitty. I understand that. But that's my time, Raph. 
that's my moment in the sun where I might be able to pull off something incredibly highly acrobatic. And I was surprised when it threw people off. I guess that makes sense. I don't think he should be doing it. Okay. Here's here's my thing. Daniel, you I haven't seen you compete that much, man. Like you're a talented top-tier guy. I would think there's still a lot to learn from the world and as I told you and this is how I feel, don't want to use your eyes, shut your fucking eyes. Right? What's with the blindfold? Okay. So this brings me to my area. And I joked with Kevin about this. I want to see if other people feel the same way. Again, all for challenges. It's his own first choice to do. Not a problem. Obviously knows more about grappling than I do. Oh, obviously a much, this, this, this a much a more of, oh, I don't cerebral. think he's talented or no way. I'm jealous of him. It's just, I don't know. And I just want to be the guy that I just want to be the guy that if I were picking on Isaac Newton, I, I'm like acknowledging it's like, hey, I don't I'm not a science guy. So this makes me nervous. Like just to venture into it. I just want to be clear. It's like because I, I kind of am hating on this choice. I'm not a mm-hmm. big fan. I don't like it. Didn't feel good when I saw it. So I just like, what's with the blindfold, man? Just shut your eyes. Okay. Now, here's where I, I, I took a moment because comedically, it's hard for me not to go here. And many people feel it's a dickish move. I get. I don't know. I, I listen. I'm I'm not that smart. I have twofold on this. Then I think we could close on it. First fold is if you're competing against him. Kevin had the whole Eminari, you know, role idea. Kevin had also the wants to flying armbar him, which or like a flying triangle. It's been fun. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> These are great options and ideas. I just feel the right choice is to not engage. Ooh. Like Interesting. he's playing the world's weirdest game, Marco Polo. If you just sit down, in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny. So that was my first takeaway. The second okay. one is this, and I want to see what you guys actually think on this one. So let me know if you feel the same way. We have a lot of great stories in jujitsu, and there are people who are blind. I've seen people who are blind do jujitsu, like legitimately blind, <laughs> and it's an amazing moment and it makes you feel great. And it's one of those great success stories that we get behind in jiu-jitsu and we go, man, this is awesome. We do an awesome activity. Daniel O'Brien does it. You go, you know, it's a lot of skill to be able to do that. I don't have the heartfelt moment, but maybe I don't have to. Okay. I can live with it. It's not my choice. Then all I could think about is what if you told one of the people who is blind, whether they do jiu-jitsu or not, and you go, hey, yeah, some guy – he just um he's competing blind. Oh cool. Is he blind himself? Oh no, no, he's he just put thing. on a blindfold. I'm pretty sure the blind person would be like, why? <laughs> and then I think there'd be the explanation of, oh, you know, he wants to test himself, and the blind person might say something to the effect of, um, dude, if I had sight, I'd do it. <laughs> so uh, cool. Uh, again, speaking jokingly, I don't know this to be true, but I'd like to think that they'd be like, oh, hey, cool. Maybe I'll do the next tournament with sight. Oh, wait, I can't. Thanks. Bye. So that was my comedic instinct on that one. Yeah. Again, this is all because I don't know the reason why. I just think, and having talked with Daniel Bryan before after EBI, he has a warrior spirit to him. And it feels like something he is compelled to do the, to really prove what he does works. 
that's highly respectful. I just feel like he's got great jujitsu, and I don't want it to become sidetracked to something else. This thing already has right now 45,000 views. By the time you guys see it, it's going to have uh, thousands and thousands and thousands more. So it's been effective in its use for doing it. And I don't think it's to the realm of everybody who wants to call it dickish. I think it's a great video. Um, I don't know that we need more stunts. Uh, I will say this. Uh, as you're alluding to, I feel like this is uh, a variation off of what has made Gary very successful. I I mean, which is that pure? extreme, like, how do I get attention to myself? Well, I'll call people out. I'll tell them I can beat them up. I'll go purposefully at them online. And that's something Gary employed till as such time as he didn't have to wait for invites to ADCC or EBI. He was just he knew he was getting them. And I don't know. And you know what? I'm, I would F1. love to hear I think this you know, is Brian's that. thoughts. I but, would love to get more of a basis for it because without explanation, there's just us doing shitty jokes about it. And maybe he has a good reason for it. It is interesting. It is. It, I watched the video. Fascinating. And then I, like I said, all I could do was think of jokes. And then I said, well, what if he's got a legitimate reason? And then my thought was, well, what's the legitimate reason? And I'm having a hard time figuring it out. Because if it is to prove that jiu-jitsu can work in the most dire of circumstances, I believe you, success done. But, you know, I think there's a host of other reasons why it's like, well, just do the match, man. You're really good at jiu-jitsu. I wish I was good at jiu-jitsu. If I did, I'd just be good at jujitsu all the time. I wouldn't like sit there and go degree of difficulty higher. Put it on Madden setting, insane. Now I'm going to juggle. Now as I juggle, I'm going to do jujitsu on one foot. Uh oh, guess what? Gonna do this one on my hands, doing a handstand. <laughs> There's a ton of ways I'm sure you could do it. You could play the game Twister. You could play Jenga. You could literally be uh, writing a novel as you're doing jiu-jitsu. There's plenty of reasons why or how to make it fun or different. So if that is you, that is your art, love it. But until I hear from Daniel myself, I am going to come up with more scenarios that are funny to me. So I have that. Okay. Uh, We're going to keep rapid firing through. This has just gotten downright fun. This is a, we interact quite a bit on social media. Mm-hmm. especially RAF. These are all topics that were generated throughout the week, so we were just throwing together a fun mailbag collection, and the what the people are talking about is a lot of fun. So that's what mm-hmm. we're talking about this week. Next up goes to the grappling community. Hodger versus the Buchech, who, dare I say, is having the time of his life. Mm-hmm. But first, I'm, I'm interested in a Hodger versus Buchech. We're still on, as best, ever, as best we know. Yes. Um, The last I checked, it is on. It is not like Metamorphs, to my knowledge, where they announce it and they go, hey, are you guys going to do it? Uh, Guys, have you agreed to this yet? It's like we didn't know about it. What if we just announced it? You have to do it. Time's running down. (laughs) And good fight matchup for this. It's in Brazil. It's where they want to be. I believe it's a gi match. Uh, it should be. If it's no gi, I'm still in. It's not like it's going to change much. Oh, it's 100%, but I I love this matchup. And the two of them, we haven't seen Hodger fight publicly outside of the cage in a little while. This is like fucking cool. If you've forgotten, 
Hodger, who is an MMA fighter and a very, very good one, but he is, he's still the first real, I mean, he was a dominant jiu-jitsu competitor. He won everything, and he submitted people all the time. Still and will. The legends that are amazing, like, not just nobody's, the people who are, wow. <laughs> he beat them all. Let me go ahead and give a quick womp womp to this, Kevin. Okay. All right, here we go. Is this the change? No, we're not there yet, but that's a bigger womp womp. This is a little womp womp. That's a big womp womp. The little womp womp was, according to the article on MMAfighting.com, unlike the first match, which is under a 20-minute submission-only rule set, the rematch is a 10-minute match under IBJJF rules. Hmm. Okay. Here's my issue. Yeah. These are two individuals who can do the IBJJF rule set proud. Ten minutes, though, is like them barely stretching. Barely. Yeah. And why? Well, let's just make this sub only. That's all we want. I guess my other minor issue is Hodger's like staring off in the photo that they have that's promotional for it. Whereas at least Buchech is staring directly at you. Hodger's just looking like somewhere over to the side, like somebody stole some of his popcorn and he's not happy. So that's my issue there. Okay. You wanted to bring up the Buchecha thing, and I think this will all tie together nicely. Why don't you go ahead and talk about it? Because I'm frankly very angry about it. You're upset about him dancing. Mm-hmm. Oh, why are you upset? He... And another uh, rather famous jiu-jitsu artist, Mackenzie mm-hmm. Dern, do some dirty dancing. And, Raf, I do know that dancing is sort of your thing. Mm-hmm. Why are you uh, – what's the animosity? What's the – I'm ready. Okay. I have never had issue with Buchecha's dancing. Buchecha – I've reported on this show before. Spoiler, if you haven't heard the past, like, 200 episodes. There is one episode where I talk about his dancing. Go find it. Only where, Kevin? Verbal tap. Cast everywhere you can Google it. Five stars on iTunes. And specifically, it was when you were at the Metamorris after party, I want to say. No, no, you're supposed to tease it. Then they have to go find it. Oh, I was just trying to help with being like, I, Terrible. Think I, I well, definitely we remember you talking about episodes, this. So whatever, go find it, you assholes. Well, here's what I can tell you. I was at an after party. He was dancing and he was getting down. Okay. So Buchecha, he's not afraid to celebrate. And it looks like there were some drinks that were had at this particular venue. I think it was on a jiu-jitsu cruise. I don't know if it was a wedding, but, you know. Him and Mackenzie Dern, I feel they have kind of like a brother-sister relationship. I don't know if it's any deeper than that. But they seem playful together. It, it seems like the type of person when you compete with all the time, you're like, oh, God, I'm going to see you at IBJJF. I'll see you next week at this. I'll see you next week at this. But then the power of I've had the time of my life comes on. And no girl can resist that song. Every girl wants a guy who can like lift them up and give the full dirty dancing baby not being put in a quarter, but being lifted to the dance gods above. 
Kev, you watched that video. He's right? a strong. He's a strong man. No, you know, no. Well, tell me what happened in the video. Uh, I actually don't remember. I will tell you right now because I, I remember. Think, they get to the part and they're building this video. Whoever edited it, amazing job, by the way. But they're getting to the part where the lift's happening. And you see Mackenzie starting to get excited because she thinks to herself, you know what? This guy works out. I have an athlete who's going to be able to pick me up. I just need to jump at the right velocity, at the right speed. And he's so strong, he's going to pick me up and he just kind of holds me in place. Buchecha puts up a billion videos of him working out hard. Buchecha might be one of the most powerful jiu-jitsu practitioners in the world. Does not do the complete lift. Kevin, it is infuriating. If only because in jiu-jitsu, we learn all about leverage. So he knows the right leverage point, even if he couldn't lift Mackenzie Dern, which is ridiculous because she's not giant. But he's definitely going to put on his Instagram how many pounds of freaking weights he can lift. But he can't lift Mackenzie Dern for the full, dirty, dancing. I say he ruined her dream. And you know what? I have one more thing to say about that, Kevin. Yeah. Hodger would have completed the lift. Oh, burn. He does do a half lift. I found the video. It's on Vimeo. <laughs> That's what I was... It's a half lift. It's disappointing, Kevin. And it's disappointing because he's strong enough to be able to do it. And I keep thinking to myself, and I, I hear some of you saying, like, well, Raph, are you just kind of like jealous? Yeah, I'm jealous. He's a big... He's like we're the jealous. dude in jiu-jitsu. He's the uh, man right now. Yeah, and Raph and I weren't endowed with certain natural creations that Buchecha comes with. For one, neither of us will ever be 6'5". That's not, no. that's not the cards. You can combine me and Kevin, and we're still like kids <laughs> in a trench. Definitely not. It's uh, so, yeah, jealousy is a great word to describe how I feel. About I just like the idea that I was looking and I go, you know what? Mackenzie Dern is going to fulfill her dream. The the apple and the eye of jiu-jitsu, who everybody pines over. She's going to live her dream. Oh, my God. No, Buchecha, don't let her down. No. And then I got sad for her. I just thought, Buchecha, you were, you were the hope. No one's so, dedicated this much time to it on a podcast because no one cares about dancing this much. No. And you know what? I'm not saying that it's really ruining the way how I'm picking somebody for their rematch, but we're not off to a good start for Buchecha, if I'm being honest. Yeah. But, wow, am I happy about where this podcast has gone. You you were in Las Vegas. I speaking was. of places where you can see... The best transition in the business. You can see a Vegas... You can see a good Dirty Dancing lift. I'm having... I mean, I got that far with Monte. I mean, I got there. Like, you know what? This is true. At my wedding, I can vouch for Kevin. He We did got lift. that far. And... I believe I've seen you lift Jeff Moscatello all the like, way. <laughs> not only all the way, but like he was Simba. So, and this is Kevin, guys. Yeah. Ask Kevin, Kevin what is your bench? I don't know. <laughs> is it past 100 pounds? Yeah. Maybe. A lot past 100 pounds? No. <laughs> okay. No. I'm pretty it, sure Buchecha says. I bet Buchecha bench is like 450 pounds. 
I'm just saying, pounds. if you see a video of him benching and you see him not do the lift, you'll understand where I'm There's coming from. There's no way I'm benching more than 200 pounds. 50, like, no way. He's benching a lot of weight. Yep. Yeah. Little thing called leverage, Chage. <laughs> I'll find you on Instagram. You went to Vegas. You apparently got a private. I. You know what? Go for it. Explain yourself. You talked to... Uh, I just want to take a second to talk about Andrew Rom and all that he does on a daily basis. And that's just his day to day, making sure people are training, getting the most out of their spiritual aspects of jujitsu. But on his side time, he's helping you out. What the he did. He was very helpful. I thought it was very strange that Kevin loves puppies. I think we've established that on this show. Big fan. Kevin also loves Andrew. If you combine those two things together, it doesn't matter how quick Andrew puts up a photo of him and a puppy. Kevin's already liked it. Before the photo was fully uploaded, Kevin's already like, mm-hmm, and like, mm-hmm. Put a setting on Facebook that was like, like these in advance. It's, There's a it's, dog. It's incredible. Like, I seriously, every time I look at my Facebook, I go, well, oh, that's a really nice photo. How did Kevin already like it? They just put it up. Just did. It's incredible. So, yeah, Andrew gave me some uh, great tips. Got to uh, do some uh, training over at 10th Planet, Las Vegas. And, uh, you know, they're, they're like family over there. And MP I have to say, for the I, weekend. I was uh, very, very uh, pleased that I got the chance to run into a guy by the name of Michael Yaki. Now, I don't know if, or if you guys know this, but Michael Yaki, he was on an uh, era of Tough Enough, which is the WWE's The Ultimate Fighter, essentially, which is amazing. And uh, we just looked at each other. We're like, you're familiar. And he's like, you're familiar. And I'm like, oh, I interview people stupidly. And he's like, oh, I was on Tough Enough. And I was like, no shit. So we got to talking. And I thought it was so cool to get to talk to somebody who has done professional wrestling, understands. He was a big fan of WWE BJJ and also understands how much of that translates to jiu-jitsu and has a real passion for it. So he's just starting. If you're in Vegas, please give that guy – uh, you know, uh, all the credit in the world and and tell him because it's, it's it's nice when you see other people come to like play with us. It's really cool when we get to explain why it makes it so awesome. And he's like, dude, I'm really liking jujitsu and I understand why you guys are all like like into it and all nerds like I want to learn it. He's like, I'm getting choked out by people who are like crazy ridiculous than me. He's like, and I'm just like a stocky big dude from fucking Jersey. And I was like, well, you're Jersey trash. So don't get that confused. And he recognized I'm a, I'm a very solid heel. And he was like, yeah. And I go, I kind of like to think of myself as the heel of jujitsu. So, you know, there's that. But good people can't say enough good things about Mike. And uh, I hope to run back into him when I check out Vegas again. So uh, kudos to him. Keep up the good work if you are listening, sir. We hope you enjoy uh, this week's episode. But the next day, my good friend, Antonio, some of you may know him as Moses. Some of you know him as a guy who footlocks viciously. When I saw him at fa- at Pans, he put it out there and he said, hey, dude, I'm just going to finish my opponents with footlocks. And I'm like, okay, that's tough. You're a brown belt. You're really good. The degree of difficulty is very difficult. And you footlocked all five of your opponents and got gold. Yeah, show me how you do some of those things. And he spent over an hour and a half just going over notes with me, showing me how he does things. Um I visited Drysdale's BJJ out in Las Vegas. 
and it was it was something else, man. He was so nice to give up so much of his time. But here's what I like about what he was doing. He's taken so long to develop this system. And he was like, dude, it was so much trial and error. It took so long to figure it out. He goes, as a blue belt, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And I, I kept thinking, like, I want to be better at this. And he's like, and then I just kept sticking with it. And it wouldn't work. And so now I'm getting to reap the benefits of it because I just stuck at it. But as a blue belt, I just I couldn't get any of this stuff to work. So it wasn't just getting to understand what he did that day. It was seeing years of his work and his dedication to the craft and getting a peek, not even a full look, just like a peek in the system he has put together. And I have to say it is incredibly good. Um, Some of the guys at my academy may give him some credit very soon. So uh, there is that. But I just I wanted to thank him because he didn't need to do any of that. But him and everybody at Drysdale's couldn't have been nicer. Um, everybody at the front desk was so generous. And um, it's just one of those nice things. So I, I felt like it was important to tell you guys, if you want a good footlock seminar or a good footlock uh, private, call up Tony immediately and ask him how he does what he does. And I feel you will not be disappointed by his his version of things because he really did tailor it to my game. And that's if anybody who's ever rolled with me. will tell you that's a little difficult. Fuck him. Don't know. Listen, Kevin, no, you're I'm not going to no. tolerate no. you just standing in front of me talking about it all blissfully like this. He Why? took my game Why? and he found the final path to my success which no one else had found because i'm really difficult but somehow he whispered his way in yeah we get it we're not interested. Kevin, listen when somebody plays me in a movie version of my life i'm gonna be the kid who can't read but instead <laughs> of i can't read it's i can't do footlocks literally <laughs> somebody's gonna be like a real educated teacher it's gonna be like the dangerous minds of jiu-jitsu movies okay and then they're going to say things like, nobody's ever reached out to him before. And they're like, because he's stupid. And they're going to be like, well, Raph, give him a chance. And then by the end, I can't read still, but I'm better. <laughs> funny. Well, I'm excited in general that you've improved your game and you found some friends. That's always good. I'm not <laughs> stoked that they tell you some stuff, but Raph, that's just the, the way of the game. Hey, listen, I didn't make the rules. I don't know. I don't even want to say. That's, Raph, this is going to do it for us. That's it. I can't believe this was, we had a long list of topics that we knew were going to be fun. And mm. I'm as stoked as anyone. It ended with some uh, homoerotic chanting. Plus, <laughs> to be honest with you. I think, like, if you ever watch the show Survivor, like, they kind of signal transitions in the show just by, like, a stupid conch that they play in the background. Like, we should do that. Yeah. I feel like that's Yoel Romero for our show on this week. (laughs) Where, like, the transitions happen because you just hear, (laughs) Yoel, do you think we can understand you? We cannot understand you. (laughs) But I'll, I'll tell you what we do understand and that's body language yeah. mm-hmm. hey let's do some shout outs 
to the people over at the Wrist Podcast that had me on. Thanks very much. Thanks for shouting out the Verbal Tap. Those of you that listen to either can let us know with a five star review on Verbal Taps page. That's gonna be super helpful. But you know, whatever. If you like me enough, just put my name. Like, yeah, it was fine. Three stars. <laughs> on the other, I'm kidding. Do your best. We've got the best audiences ever. That's why we had so many topics this evening. We love seeing the different posts on Facebook. We love seeing it on Instagram. We love seeing it on Twitter. It gives us stuff to talk about, like on this week's episode, where it's like, let's just talk about all the stuff going on in social media and bring up some of our friends, uh, because it's a blast for us. I really enjoy reading the comments on Facebook, so keep those coming as we ask them, which means that's a shout-out to you for commenting on social media. Uh, it's the way we talk to you. We just had another belt promotion ceremony raffle over at Jubera. Some much-deserved people getting some recognition. We now have a few more blue belts, uh, a few, which I'm not excited about. The green to blue is a difficult transition for me because <clears throat> they get all Brody for a few weeks. I am currently, as you know and I'll announce dealing with a slight knuckle fracture situation we're going to mri it tomorrow to get a better idea of if it's uh what's going on and uh you know i'll i'm still keeping up with cardio i'm watching those videos i'm going to swing by some and hang out with the crew over at jubera this week just as soon as i can stomach going back in there knowing my hand is uh basically just attached on the right and that's it i can't really Kev, can i make a suggestion it. what's that Star Wars it. That's a great idea. Just cut it just off. Just get rid of it. Yeah, yeah I've thought about it. There's definitely, definitely moments it's like, what's this finger worth to me? It's my right ring finger. What am I going to use that for? You know? Not much. I'm just saying, if Dan O'Brien had the option, he might do it. So <laughs> we should talk to him. I'm kind of curious his opinion. <laughs> I, listen, I want you guys to be crystal clear. I like him a lot. I don't understand it. And... I want to understand, but I'm not sure even when he explains it, I'm going to a hundred percent understand it. I am prepared for that. I'm also prepared for at the end of discussing it with him, just being like, I see your point. Okay, cool. And he'll be like, do you take any of it back? I'll be like, no, my job is to make fun of people. I take nothing back. So there you Um, go. So I don't know. Anyway, but yes, Kevin, chop it off. Seriously. No, we're not passing that up, but I'll definitely look into chopping the finger off just uh, replacing it with, I don't know something and that's gonna do it for me raf what a great way to end it absolutely all right guys here's the deal you know i love valley martial arts center so let's give a shout out there that's a great training on saturday i really want to thank us on for opening up that academy and making that dream happen for all of us because we never have saturday fucking training at vmac and yet we did and i got up at seven to go train at nine or i don't know how that works but i woke up early on a saturday that should tell you commitment yeah gross indeed i know i hated myself um i want to thank everybody who's been sharing things from us that's a big thing every time we see you guys have shared a meme you share the podcast you share articles that we either like uh you don't just encourage us you encourage our friends so there's a lot of people who get a lot of exposure because of it um just like our good friend uh nico who we had a good meme with this week who's a very funny memer you can find him it is t-y-g-r underscore um, there's a funny meme of me making fun of him several times throughout. I want to thank the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club, but that's going to get all combined on this one. Next week, we have our very first tournament in Orange County, 
and it would mean the world to myself and the guys at the USSGL. That is the U.S. Submission Grappling League. If you guys would so be kind to participate in our tournament. Here's the deal. It's 50 bucks to participate. And if you pay a little bit more, you can enter our absolute. We're going to have cash prizes for the gi. We're going to have cash prize for the no gi. And we are excited to do that because not a lot of people will give cash prizes. Period. Let alone for the gi. So we want you guys to get there. Um, We want you to enjoy yourself. We want you to get a good competitive environment. And more than anything, we feel that we can provide that to you. So that's going to be in Orange County. It is May 28th. It's at Esperanza High School. You can find out more information at USSGL.com backslash register. Or just head to USSGL.com. You can find out all the information. Sign up immediately because the quicker you sign up, the faster I can sleep. And I know that doesn't sound like a big thing for you guys, but I don't sleep a lot, as is. Kevin will attest to that. You don't sleep at all. You plug in. I'm not a robot. Okay. Anyway, listen, not the time for that discussion. The the point is, uh, the quicker that you guys put it up, uh, the more that we can go and have an organized and ready-to-run tournament for you guys because we are excited to get this tournament underway. And then we have another tournament the next week out in Fresno on June 4th. So, if you are not competing, please feel free to share our uh, our website, our photos, all that sort of good stuff. Um, we're going to have spectators there, so feel free. You know, We'd love to see you guys if you're not competing. If you want to volunteer, just get in touch with me. I'd love to go ahead and take you guys down and uh, you know, uh, explain how it all works and have the community help us out. Because, let's face it. The community is what's going to make or break this event, and your guys' help is huge to us. So that is my pitch to you guys. Please support us, USSGL.com. And thank you to all the podcasts who put on the other guys. I mean, there's a lot of them that put on, like Eric and Joey and Drew, and can't thank them uh, for for putting them on uh, their shows. So to all of our pals uh, from the Jiu-Jitsu podcast to – I guess bad therapy and then those idiots that penetrated BJJ put them on to whatever. We just, uh, thank you guys. Unite the podcast also put them on. So everybody has been spreading the good word about our stuff. We really, really appreciate it. So I look forward to seeing you guys there and, uh, I think it's going to be a good time. So ta-da. That will do it for us here tonight at verbal tap. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and <laughs> hold on, hold on, guys. Yol needs a little bit more baby oil. Can someone get some baby oil and some soft lighting in here? Call that new guy. Let's get our fluffer. I think we can get four inches out of his junk. This video is gonna be terrifying. Guys, Yol's penis just showed up again. Weird. <laughs> The number you have dialed is not in service at this time.